0: We are very excited about today's show, but before we begin, we got Jesse Ledoux with our product feature of the week. Jesse, tell us what you got for us.
1: Hey Steven. So I was on our website this week and I was on our pageant prep page, just kind of like cruising around and I saw the, the title of the page and I love it so much I want to talk about it. And the title of the page is Is Pageant Prep Stressing You Out? Mm-hmm. And if it's not stressing you out stressing you out, like congratulations. But for 99% of those listening, I can guarantee you they're stressed about something.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think I would feel that, I mean, I know when I competed in my fitness competition, there was, okay, I'm going to compete in this thing and I'm like excited. But then when it gets about the four month mark or three month mark away, I'm like, oh crap, this is like, this is for real. I've already paid. I'm going to be on stage. And then the stress starts to kind of like, you start to realize how much you just don't know. And then I feel like the panic is on. Is that kind of how it goes?
1: Totally. And I even think for a seasoned professional, like I remember buying my evening out Miss International so early, watching last year's pageant like a week before I left, and all the dresses were super sparkly, and mine had not one stone, and I went into panic mode. And I didn't use a coach, and I really regret that because I really would have loved to have had someone tell me like, you're good. Like it's okay. Like you've made the right choice trust yourself like it's going to be okay because I let that stress and anxiety reside inside of me my entire pageant.
0: Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people don't use coaches. I mean, I think like when we did our survey and we have statistics on it, but I just don't remember them off the top of my head, but it's something like 40% of the girls don't use coaches. Mm -hmm. I think like 60% do, which is a respectable number based out of our audience. But like, I feel like one of the major reasons why people don't hire a coach is because it's kind of cost prohibitive.
1: Yes, it is cost prohibitive. So let's talk about our memberships because I think it'll help people that are like gun shy about getting a coach because they're afraid of the expense. So they don't think the expense is worth it um, to have a coach. But I promise you it is. So our membership portal has kind of tailored needs for every level. So if you really want that handholding, you want one-on-one Skype coaching sessions Every single week, like, we got you. So that's our platinum membership. You have our lowest level membership, our virtual coaching membership. You get unlimited written coaching. So you can send me pictures of your wardrobe, of your paperwork, and and we got it covered. And then in the middle, you get your mock interviews, and you get your paperwork, and you get all your other reviews for our VIP. So there's something for everyone and I will say the coolest part about our memberships now that we've never had before is access to coaches outside of Pageant Planet's coaches. So we have coaches from all systems, all regions, all experience levels on our site, which is great because it's like having a live judging panel at your fingertips.
0: Right. So, I mean, they can do things like submit like their evening gown and say, send it to all coaches and they get feedback from like maybe seven, eight, eight, ten. 20 uh, coaches of like, hey, it's basically a hit or miss with their reasoning behind it, which is kind of like a virtual judging panel. Yeah. Right. That says like, hey, this is like how I was scored or whatever, which I feel like is really powerful, um, like going in to your your pageant.
1: Yeah. I Like you said hit or miss, it is like a private hit or miss. Like no worries. Like no one else is going to see it except you. And that's really valuable for you to be able to say, wow, I never noticed that this doesn't hit my waist in the right way. But now I see it and now I can fix it. So just having so many different sets of eyes on everything you do is going to give you really varied um, ability to go back and make the adjustments you need to score as best you can.
0: Cool. So they can message those coaches and they can message us through um, our messaging portal, which is found on their dashboard. So they can do all that stuff. But um, where can they go to learn more about it and to see pricing and all that good stuff?
1: Yes, I can go to pageantplanet.com backslash prep and you'll met with that fancy title of is pageant prep stressing you out? And if you go there, you probably are stressed. So we are here for you. And pricing ranges from $29 for that VC membership, which that's a month, $29 for a month. If you ask one question a day, that's a dollar a day. That's wild. Yeah. So $29 flat fee, as many questions as you can get out in that month we got you covered. And then platinum is $148. And that includes all of the above plus mock interviews, coaching sessions, and really just like one-on-one white glove service.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Jesse. Welcome, everyone, to another episode. Today, Jesse and myself, we are going to be talking about the five thoughts all judges have. This is any system, any country. They all have it because (laughs) why? Jesse, set the stage for us and tell us why.
1: So, Stephen, I want everyone listening to know two things about the people that decide their fate during the pageant. First, judges are real people, too. like They are not these fancy pants people that are just all knowing and experts in everything. They are real people. Second, judging is extremely hard. And that's not just a filler phrase for producers to stretch time between categories. They would say, judges, you have the hardest job tonight, which they actually do. So they're real people and judging is hard.
0: Yeah. And And I mean, I've been in a lot of interview rooms, as I know you have too. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: you know, you always see a wide range of Judges with experience. I mean, you have everyone from the novice judge, and this is traditionally straight male because straight men don't know anything about pageants. So they mm-hmm. definitely fit that criteria of novice judge. Uh, props to all the novice judges out there. That's how I got my start in the industry. Um, and they are nervous because they don't want to look stupid asking a dumb question in front of their peers, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have the so called expert, which is the, the head uh, or the judge's chair there too and he or she has seen the gamut and you know they have their own personalities. sometimes it can err on the side of a messiah complex that they have all answers for everything for <laughs> uh, pageantry and the other could just be a, a humble expert that they know their stuff but they're not trying to rub it in your face so um, you really have all personality types and um, so rather than digging in in this particular episode to certain just personality types specifically um, we're going more to what like impacts them as humans and what exactly. we all share in common.
1: Yep. It sounds like a dinner table, doesn't it? All those different people, like your family <laughs> Christmas party.
0: Oh, yeah. it is. Always, so speaking of dinner, it is always interesting. Come break time, lunch, dinner, whatever, and you're just you know, shooting the bull and like, hey, what's going on? Um, and like, where are you from? What do you do? All that stuff. And it, judges are, and they really do have a wide variety, or variety of backgrounds. So it's just fun. Yeah.
1: So today, Stephen and I, for the listeners, we wanted to take a break from our normal format of pageant biographies and share with you five thoughts that all judges have. And these thoughts come from both our own experience and experiences of other judges who have shared them with us. Because people find out we're in the industry or we meet new people in the industry. They find out we work at Pageant Planet and Stephen owns Pageant Planet and they just want to tell us all of their best and worst stories. So we kind of <laughs> compiled this today and we're also going to talk about how they can impact you as a contestant.
0: Yeah, cool. Okay, so we have five. Um, what's the first of the five?
1: So the first one is, so this is a phrase the judge would think, which girl is this again?
0: Mm. Okay, so break that down for us.
1: Yeah, so when it comes to remembering contestants from each phase of competition to the next, it can be certainly be a challenge because there are so many beautiful, intelligent, talented, charismatic contestants. And especially since contestants are changing their wardrobe, their hairstyles, their makeup, so they, they don't see you looking the same every single time they see you. And I've heard on more than one occasion after a pageant, this is horrible, more than one occasion that a judge was talking about how much they like the winner. And then they mentioned something about their interview or resume and come to find out they remembered it about the wrong person. (laughs) they thought they crowned one girl and they crowned another one, but they had no idea.
0: Well, so you see this and, and if your only experience as a listener is for pageants with like 10 contestants, this is not really hard to, to remember, right? Like who, Mm -hmm. who you're judging. We're talking about systems where there's hundreds of contestants per age division. And like, you know, National American Miss, for example, is one where you might have like a hundred plus girls in a certain age division and the interview is a minute long. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I mean, you're they are pushing them through right there. And then you see those girls on stage and you're like, God, which one? Um, so it can be a bit challenging to to really remember who. And so that's the that's something that it's a real thing that judges experience because they're not a computer.
1: Right. And that impacts you because I'm not saying you have to be super boring and never change anything. Like if you want to go for a ponytail and fun fashion or swimsuit or fitness, whatever category differences you have, like by all means, go for it. But it certainly helps to reinforce common threads throughout your competition to jog their memory. And I heard a very famous pageant coach actually discredit not me specifically but the thought about like wearing the similar color families throughout the whole pageant and they say well you're not going to wear the same color for your entire reign you want to show them you in different colors which i totally get and that's also for pageants that are like weeks long and they have exposure to you from time to time but i i still personally stand by having consistency and not necessarily the same exact color or the same exact style but having something that every time they see you makes sense so that they consistently remember which one you are. Cause if they love you an in interview, they're going to be looking for you and you have to make it easy for them to find you. Does
0: that make sense? Yeah, completely. I mean, if you look at any company, uh, any business on the planet, that's large, successful, like financially or just influential, successful, they have a brand deck and
1: mm-hmm. it's like, Hey,
0: these are our colors. This is our logo. Don't deviate from our logo. This is our brand colors. Um, and as a contestant you are your brand right so it really is and i know you and i were very heavy on the marketing and branding and that's just like kind of branding marketing like 101 101 yeah Mm -hmm. so you have your hex code colors like these are colors don't deviate from it so it's it's very similar to this um the other thing like while you were talking and, you know, we're using the whole thing with, like, we're saying National American Miss, which for those of you that aren't familiar, it's a pageant here in the United States that caters to, gosh, like preteen all the way to Miss. I mean, and it's a big, but they'll have like 700 contestants at their national uh, pageant every year. Um, mm-hmm. But it also really shows and impacts you as the contestant of like the power of being good in every phase of competition, So in some respects, it is the truest form of scoring because you don't really remember a girl's interview. So you just have to score her based on her interview in that moment. And then you kind of forget. And then you're just scoring her just on her evening gown. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of forget that because there's so many numbers. And then you're just scoring her on her introduction or whatever. So it really points to you got to be on your game in every phase of competition.
1: Well, and I'll reinforce that even further, because we always say like directors will direct judges to not try to have a halo effect or a shadow effect if they dislike or love someone in an interview that should not impact the rest of their scoring throughout the rest of the pageant. However, Stephen, you and I have talked about many times in this podcast that human nature is a real thing. And as much as they try to just like cut that out and judge on that category alone, To your point, yes, you need to be excelling in every category, but you want that halo effect
0: if they loved you. Yeah, completely. It can certainly work in your favor. (laughs) So, um, all right. So, that's the first one where judges ask, like, okay, which girl is this again? Mm -hmm. What's the second thought that judges have that whether judging a pageant?
1: Well, this is your favorite, Stephen. It is. It's when is the next bathroom break?
0: (laughs) Okay. So So, break it down for those listening.
1: Yeah. So we've all been there. Like you can't focus, you can't sit still. And like, you're panicking, like you're in the car and you're like, when's the next exit? Like wherever you are, it's not a good feeling. And like, did you know that like judges also get nervous and you know, what urges hit when you get nervous, like a lot of important ones. So imagine trying to focus on scoring contestants and trying to figure out how long to the next break, the show would literally have to stop if a judge has to go to the bathroom and like, That can't happen. So that makes them even more anxious about it. They know they can't get up and go. So, right, you know,
0: just takes over. Well, it does. And I mean, I think we've all been there, as you alluded to, or you said, like in the car. And that's like all you can think about. You're just like, exit, exit, exit. And like you're Mm -hmm. in between exits. And like, God help you if you're on a country road where there's nowhere to like, you know, no gas station in sight. And that is very similar to the pageant because if you're like in the first phase of competition and you're like, Oh God, I should have went before the pageant. um, That is a very, it's a very real thing. Or in private interview, if the contestant just starts walking in and the judge is like, and the urge just hits them, then that (laughs) can happen. Yes. Um, But this kind of also, it opens up a little bit of Pandora's box here because this isn't the only like bodily urge that a judge will have like during interview, they might also think like, I am so tired right now. Right. And it's like, my Mm -hmm. body needs like coffee or like, I am so hungry right now. I mean, you know, hunger just kind of hits you all of a sudden where you're just like, Oh gosh, like I am really hungry. Um, and then you also have the judges where maybe they ate too much over like, you know, lunch because like they you know, directors a lot of times will take direct, um, judges out for a nice dinner, and if somebody doesn't order like a salad and they order a heavy pasta dish, and then all of a sudden you're sitting in like a, a mildly heated room and, and it's quiet and you're just listening to somebody talk, a contestant talk, and then it can like put you to sleep. Not a defense for a pageant, or the pageant contestant, but it's just like a real thing. It'll put you to sleep at work or anything because yep. you're just in the food coma, right? absolutely so okay all these things what's going on with the with the judge and the contestant doesn't know cuz the contestant's just walking into the interview room yeah. um so how would you say that this like really impacts the contestant
1: well i would just say you can't control what you can't control as a contestant but you have to always be aware of outside factors so if you know you are the first contestant after lunch you got to walk in there full energy, capture their attention, get them refocused, re-energized, and like, just be spatially aware of what they're dealing with in their schedule. Or if you are the last contestant and they're like itching to get out of there, they're like, oh my gosh, we're almost done. I mean, I would say if you're great at having quick wit and you come up with quips all the time and you make people laugh, I would say acknowledge what they're probably feeling. And especially now, new school pageantry, like you just come out and like, you don't talk to them like they're revered. Check them like, they're like people, they love that. So if you walk in and you just address it and say, um, post lunch slump, am I right? And if you want to get like that route, like go for it. If that's your personality, that's fine. Otherwise, if you're not comfortable, like calling it right out, just be aware of what their schedule is like and try to adjust your tone accordingly.
0: Yeah. I love that strategy. I really do because I feel like one, in a lighthearted manner, you're really empathizing with them. Like, oh my gosh, you've been in interviews for eight hours. Like. I hope you remember me (laughs) or just again, like something that's inside your personality and within your brand and all that good stuff. And like, Oh, you must be in such a food coma right now. Hopefully you didn't eat too much pasta that you'll stay awake during my interview. You know, again, like it's all delivery. It's all your personality and, and what you say, work with your coach or Jesse, um, whomever you're working with to like come up with a phrase or just, you know, let it naturally roll off your tongue. If that's your, if that's your thing. But I do really like, um, Addressing what their needs are because it makes you aware and it shows that you do have compassion and that you too are a real person. Yep, for yeah. sure. Awesome. Okay, so which girl this again? And then when's the next bathroom break? And what's the next thing that thought that runs through judges' minds?
1: Well, no one's gonna want to hear this one. It's next.
0: Mm, that's a tough one to hear. All right, break that down for us, though.
1: So we tell all of our clients to take their time on stage and like. We'll start like from scratch. So when they announce your name, you want to hold that initial pose for three seconds. Scan the judge's eyes before you even take a step like that establishes control and confidence and a rapport because you're making eye contact with every judge right before you even move your move your body. So you never want to rush as like you want to show that comfort on stage. Judges aren't going to crown somebody that's like in a hurry. Let this seem nervous or they don't want to be looked at or they just don't have that spatial awareness so some contestants though they take it to the next level they add turns they add extra x's or they just steven you've seen it they just walk really slowly
0: oh we see that a lot in like the really small like princess where they just like almost shuffle their feet when they're walking and they're out there for like 10 minutes to do a walk and the
1: stage is big and they're small
0: <laughs> yeah so a lot of factors there, but okay, so knowing this and knowing that this is a real thing, the judge is like, Okay, I've scored your We're dress. We're done yeah, I mean yeah. it's like I, I scored your dress. let's go. um How does this impact the contestant, and how should it change you know his or her strategy when they're on stage?
1: Well, Stephen, confirm or deny, I feel like most judges know by the first or second x what they're going to score you.
0: Oh, yeah, completely.
1: And like they always say, what, what is it? They, someone makes the first impression of you within 30 seconds of meeting you or in a job interview, they know you're going to hire, they're, they're not going to hire you within 30 seconds. Those yeah. are like real stats that I might've just gotten wrong a little, but they're essentially right. Yeah. Um, so I would say don't allow the judges to get bored of you. And this is a big one. Don't expose yourself to potential downfalls and no pun intended there. I mean, how many times, Stephen, have you seen a girl do it? Like look amazing on the X's do a turn and then trip on her garment or lose balance and then you're like oh well you you were great until you did the extra
0: yeah so i was so i was at a um a pageant and this girl like hit the x hit the x did exactly what you said spun her dress got caught feet flipped straight out from underneath of her i mean i had never seen anything like that and she went whap I mean like right on her chest oh, I'm surprised really it knock so the hard. wind out of her um and then the director was like God, that is the third time she's done this like, what yeah and she did it like two what? or three times previous no. yeah and I'm like don't spin like you don't get extra bonus points for spinning. And if you're not like just feeling it, or if you're not an expert or whatever, just don't spin. You know. So a judge, I wasn't judging that pageant; I was just making an appearance. But like, you know, what if the judge had scored her an eight? Well, you can't leave her at an eight if she falls. Like, it's got to go down to like a whatever, right? So, um, right. And to your point, when a girl turns the corner, I I have an immediate first score impression. So if I turn, I'm like, wow, eight, now let's see your walk, like prove me right or prove me wrong. And then depending on what I see, um, it will either go maybe like up or down, right? Yeah. Uh, Depending on that. So that's kind of a a baseline for what I use. I'm not saying every judge uses that, but I do have that first score and then like prove me right, prove me wrong, or like, you know, supersede my expectations.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of judges actually have that benchmark of like, what is the middle score they're going to give? Like what's the safety score? And those that excel get higher, and those that fall short uh, get a lower score. So again, I, I don't want to feel like I'm telling everyone listening to play it safe all the time. I think if you can do a spin and you can crush it, and you've been practicing diligently, go for it. I'm saying don't add three spins when <laughs> everyone else is only doing. Yeah. When no one else is doing any. Like if you want, if you see what the competition's doing, and they're all doing like point a to point b and you're like you know what i've been working on the spin and i know i can nail it it's gonna help me stand out and it's allowed do it just don't do 14 <laughs> and do it fairly fairly time efficiently
0: i know guacamole is extra but so am i right so absolutely like <laughs> all right so that's that's the uh, next one so what's the next one um after next
1: so this is another one of your favorites, inspired by you. Mm. This is who does she look like?
0: Mm, yeah. Okay. So break that one down for us.
1: Some people just have that familiar face, like you know, you just kind of look familiar all the time to everyone. And some people are straight up doppelgangers. And Stephen, do you know what a doppelganger is?
0: Yeah, it's kind of like every you know celebrity has a doppelganger. Every you know person kind of has kind of looks like a celebrity but it's almost like this person is your twin though you've never met them before and you're not related at all they're just like right. on the other side of the world like oh my gosh I saw someone they look just like you
1: right I see that all the time if I'm like out of town I'll see people that look at people back home I don't know if that's me doing it myself but I feel like we all look alike
0: yeah yeah I right. mean certainly I mean somebody it, was like oh my gosh I met someone that looks just like you I'm like who are they I gotta kind of knock them off because like they can't like infringe on the franchise.
1: Right. <laughs> so I will say if a judge thinks you look like someone else, that may distract them from really seeing you and scoring you properly because they're trying to figure out who the heck you look like.
0: Well, and the thing is like as a judge, this can work for you or against you because, okay, so let's say that you have a a female judge right and Mm -hmm. let's say this female judge is kind of overweight right and these are all hypothetical situations but let's say she's a little overweight and then you walk in and you remind her of someone that she went to high school with who stole the boy that she was very interested in uh, but you know you were like the skinny version uh, and you look exactly like her. So like in high school, let's say that she was a little overweight too. Um, This girl that you remind her of stole the the love of her life in high school. And so instantly she kind of has an attitude towards you because that's a real thing. We've all met people that remind us of someone else that we didn't like. And that person has to work extra hard to overcome that, that previous person whom they've never met Like their sins, right? Yep. So that that could be a very negative thing. And then likewise, if you have a real strong, if you have a strong resemblance of someone that they have an affinity towards, like maybe their niece or cousin or mom, dad, whatever, then that can work in your favor. Definitely. So there's kind of like pros and cons of being uh, the, the whole doppelganger there. And that's something that you have zero control over. So if this is a thing like how does this really impact the contestant walking through the door
1: well you you hit the nail on the head steven like it just it impacts you in a way that you have no bearing over but i will say sometimes people tell you you look like someone like if you know you look like somebody else or like um for example courtney keller she was miss texas international 20 15, 16, I'm not sure what year it was. And as soon as I saw, oh my gosh, it looks just like Olivia Jordan. And in my head, I just saw Olivia Jordan. So who was great. However, like if you're in the pageant world, you know you kind of resemble another contestant or a former winner. People just tell you that. Do yourself a favor and get ahead of it and make conscious choices to be different from that person. And that doesn't mean I want you to deviate from your brand. It just means to activate it in a different way. So I'll give you an example. So if, if you look like Olivia Jordan, like Courtney did, even though I don't think Courtney had any like any attempt at trying to look like or or different from Olivia, she was just flattered that everyone said that. But if if you're Olivia Jordan lookalike and you also have a really bright, bubbly personality, don't wear a pink ball gown, right? Because that was Olivia's claim to fame. Big Mm -hmm. smile, tons of energy. Instead, maybe wear a cobalt blue in like a a similar silhouette. Or maybe it's like a different way, different textures. Maybe it's floral. Maybe it's sparkles. That way you still show the same type of spirit just in a way that's not going to immediately reinforce that okay, she's trying to be that person
0: now. I think that's such solid advice to, if you know that you look like someone, don't attempt to mimic that person's style to do your best to differentiate from it because you don't want them to be like, mm, she's good, but she's no Olivia Jordan. It's like, "Well, right. gosh, well, who is, I mean, Olivia Jordan's the only Olivia Jordan, right? I know. He's right? <laughs> I mean, like, just please judge me based on the other contestants here. Um, so there's, there's that for sure. Um, And like the, the other thing that I guess I would add is this is just an important part of pageantry to realize you can do your best. um, Well, you just have to control the controllables, right? I mean, as as you said earlier, so there's certain things that are just completely out of your control. And that's kind of why, you know, in pageantry, we come up with a phrase "Oh, you know, different judges, different, different winner. Um, And this is just like very real scenario. Mm -hmm. So either like in the positive or the negative. So if you yep. win, you can still be humble about it because you can also realize that if there was a different set of judges, you might not have. And if you right. didn't win, you can be like, okay, like if there was a different set of judges, I could have won. So maybe I just just try again next year. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> um, so to recap them um, uh, as we move into our last one, the j- thoughts that judges think, which girl is this again? when is the next bathroom break or like, you know, I'm hungry. I need some coffee or I'm hungry. I have already need coffee. anything. Yeah, I need anything. Yeah. Um, third is like next. Fourth is who does she look like? Who's what's, who's her doppelganger. Um, and, um, and before I move on to the last one, I actually ask you to introduce the last one. Some of that can be what they're thinking right when you come in to say like, hi, you know, so, Contestants, especially like after I judge a contestant, they're like, Oh, I got so nervous because I messed up, you know, this particular sentence or I stumbled over my words. And I zero recollection of them doing that. Right. So there's certain things that people are thinking, like even right now, like you, the listener, whether you're in Australia, South Africa, you know, Canada, whatever, you're thinking thoughts. And so you're not necessarily hearing all of my words. I mean, there's studies that prove this because you have your own internal dialogue that's happening. So if you walk through the door and she's like, Oh my gosh, like you're the judge, the guy, whatever, it's like, who does she look like? Have I judged her before? Where did I see her? So all that internal dialogue is coming. So they might not hear the first few paragraphs that you say because they're lost in their own thoughts.
1: Sure. So and that's, that's a very totally real true. thing.
0: So um all right. What's the last um thought that uh, a judge will have when they're interviewing contestants
1: so the last thought is I wish she wouldn't do that
0: that's another it's it's another tough one to hear but okay break it down for us
1: well you got to hear it right this is the truth Yep. so nothing breaks a judge a judge's heart more than when they are absolutely in love with a contestant and then they do one thing that really throws them off the trail like the two I hear most often from judges are the shrug laugh that like you know, it's just overdone. And the pony kick, like after you hit a pose, and then you like, like pull your your foot back dramatically before you take the next step. Um, and I'm not like, I think in casual wear and younger age divisions, that's really cute. Once you get into teen and miss and miz miss and misses and elite, that's when it gets a little more like, ooh, yeah. You know, are there others that you can think of, or uh, is like one of those two your favorites?
0: Well. I mean, I, I can just think, just to, for a point of differentiation, I mean, you and I talk a lot about the fake laugh and the, you know, mm-hmm. the shrug laugh, um, but some of it can just be outfit related. Like, oh gosh, I love her. I just wish she wouldn't have worn that dress. And yes, technically, judges are not supposed to judge you on the actual dress. Tailoring, yes, like, you know, they're supposed to judge on that. Not the actual style of dress, but they do. Um, they do. They do. So the the other thing is, um, oh, I wish she wouldn't have said that. Like if you say something on onstage question or even inside interview that really strongly contradicts with them and they feel like your viewpoint is like an attack on theirs, though they might not necessarily like tailor it as that. They're like, I just didn't really like the way she said fill in the blank. Right. Um, and the other thing could be and, and I've seen this and this has been a personal I don't want to say pet peeve, but sometimes I'm like, I I wish you'd pull it back some. Um, If the pageant was really small, um, so let's just say there was like 10 contestants and there might have been like 30 people in the audience, like a very small stage, um, and the girl walking was over-demonstrative in her gestures. So she was like, something that would have been perfectly suited if you were on like the Miss USA stage, right? Where there's thousands of people in the audience because being very demonstrative um, translates nicely on a bigger stage because the gestures don't seem overpowering. But when the stage is too small and you're like that, it's like, eh, scale it back some. Um, But that's kind of like, that's really getting into the weeds of, um, (laughs) of like over critiquing. But that's just a few that comes off the top of my head
1: no definitely true like if like gosh i can never remember her last name but um Mame, mom may um she was miss D- miss maryland usa and she wore that really dramatic black dress oh with yeah all the florals i don't remember what year it was maybe it was olivia's year um so a lot of 2015 16 going on um <laughs> but she, her dress was made for miss universe like miss usa was not ready for it right so that was very sad for me. Yeah. But anyway, so my – my to get us back on track, my version of like if I verbalized this thought process of like I wish you wouldn't do that and to go on what Steven said is like being overly demonstra- demonstrative is – this is how I say it. Do less. Like mm-hmm. if I'm in the audience and I think to myself, oh, God, girl, do less. Yeah. Like it's usually not a good thing. You want to project energy and personality but you don't want to be polarizing and that's what a lot of these extra things do is they will either – Win you a judge or two, or they will lose you a judge or two, and you can't predict it. And of course, like you could a risk here and here and there can certainly pay off, like that single turn that we talked about. If you, when you're on that X close to them and you want to do like a tiny little wink, like uh, Caitlin Monty for Miss New York um, did on Miss America, sure, go for it. But um, the trick is to have no room for deductions. Yeah. So I say that if you're going to take a risk, you have to be ready to eke out every point you possibly can to safeguard that
0: well and so two things around this one this is why it's really important to be working with an expert be it like through our membership portal or through someone else because really if you're not these little things right here can cost you the pageant and you're like what the heck did I do right so whereas if you're working with like someone like Jessie she could say okay what's your pageant Okay, and then she can tailor your outfit, she can tailor your imagery, your introduction, your walking, et cetera, to really tailor to that particular audience. I mean, there's a reason why people say, like, know your audience, mm-hmm. um, because, like, that's who you want to tailor your messaging to um, and uh, all that.
1: Yeah. So this impacts you, and I'll say this is what you can do to protect yourself. You must practice in front of a mirror, like, not just your hallway, foot-wide mirror, like, get a dance studio, go to an exercise space somewhere that has floor to ceiling wall to wall mirrors and show videos of you walking to others. I'm not just saying to your family and your friends because they think you're fabulous already. Like you could do the most outlandish things and your mom and your grandma would think you're wonderful. So you can't rely on that being your sampling. So are you laughing out there?
0: No, me? No, I'm not. Like, my fire alarm thing beeped up again, and now Sammy's freaking out. Sammy's my dog, and so he jumped up and he's pulling my legs and wanting me to hold him because he's a scaredy cat. So, oh, so you that's hold why
1: that baby. I
0: know I'm, I'm doing right. it. So now he's licking me in gratitude. So,
1: oh, so I can hear <laughs> Sam. I, was, I thought you were chuckling and everything. I was like, I don't think I'm being that funny. But <laughs> no, you're really connecting. To I'm everything sorry. I'm saying.
0: Uh, yeah, I slid my chair back, and then it, I think you heard him like. Because he's like size and huffs and all that. So,
1: love it. Sorry for the detour. So, okay, so using the mirror in the videos will reveal any awkward mannerisms, like not just things that are extra, things that you don't notice, like a robot hand. Some people like literally grab their thigh when they're walking, or one arm doesn't swing at all. Like, this will catch all of those things right off the bat but will also help you get a feel for how the extra flair you want to show translates on stage. So you get the little things and you get to see the risks. You might think what you're doing is super cute and then you see it and you're like, Oh dang,
0: like this is a
1: mistake. <laughs> right. So you can't, you can't trust that it's going to look fabulous on stage without Seeing it and running it by some other people that are not going to give you an A plus no matter what.
0: Yeah, and this is one of the important things that what we talk about in our in our prep course that like all of our you know VC VIP and VIP platinum members receive is that like buy the tape if your yes. pageant is recorded buy the tape or at bare minimum um, if you're allowed like have somebody in the audience record you while you're on stage so that you can learn from it it's one of the most painful videos you ever watch um (laughs) but it would do you so much good like us listening back to our these podcasts jesse and i it's painful because of our voices and we're like oh why did i say it but it does help you like learn certain filler words that you use and certain words you use time and time again Mm -hmm. etc so it really is painful and it really does help
1: and I would say at your pageant, find a buddy that you really trust and say, hey, I'll videotape you when you're doing your walk on stage during rehearsal if you do video mine. And then you're literally seeing yourself on the stage that you're competing on. Mm. Some pageants won't allow you to have your phone out at all. So that can be um, problematic. But if you are allowed to, you should. So yeah. ask a friend, be that person for each other, and it'll go- help you a long way.
0: That's cool. All right. So if you were to wrap all of this up, how would you do that?
1: Yeah, um, pretty simply, so when practicing and preparing for your pageant, find I find contestants don't often put yourself in the judge's position. So while certain things that we talked about, like distractions, bathroom breaks, facial recall, are all out of your control, thoroughly rehearsing and getting varied opinions can make a huge difference we just talked about because, like, you have to make it easy for the judges to like you. Be consistent in your choices so they instantly remember you and be polished so they can't imagine scoring you any less when a 10.
0: Yeah. And thanks for listening. And if you've received any benefit from this show or from ones previous, please consider giving us a five-star review. It might seem like a small action, but it really does help us keep the show going. Until next time. Want to become a part of pageant history? Create a free contestant or business profile on pageantplanet.com to unlock hidden features and connect with other experts throughout the world.